Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Hey, welcome everybody. We have an exciting episode for you today. I am here as always with my co-host Jared, who you may know as J underscore pause online. I am P, you may know me as Aston Cloud Online, and we have a fantastic guest from Gen.art founder Adam. And I think what's your handle online? I know it's Notion on Discord. I think it's Notion underscore Adam on uh, Twitter. You actually, I, I need to double check that, but I think it is Notion underscore Adam. Notion underscore Adam. We'll call you Adam here because it's way less awkward. How are you, my friend? <laughs> yeah, good to be here. Uh, thank you guys for for inviting me on. Thank you for coming. We are really excited because you're a fantastic collector, as we've talked about in the past. So we're excited to share with everybody your collecting journey. And then you launched Gen.Art, which is a massive NFT launch platform, as we call them. Yep. So places where artists do primary sales. And you have a lot of exciting stuff coming up there as well. So a lot to cover. Uh, just a little bit of house cleaning before we go in. This is an audio-only episode. We will have it up on YouTube. We'll have show links to everything. We'll have timestamps so you can jump to parts that you like. And then uh, we'll have everything you need to know to find Adam and hear about all the cool stuff going on with Gen Art and everything else. So let's go ahead and jump in. Adam, how are you? I know you mentioned that you're just doing a lot of exciting stuff. How are things been going? And Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your journey into here, into Gen Art, to creating Gen.art, you as a collector, how it all happened. Yeah, sure thing. So, um, well, I'm a little bit tired because as we were saying, uh, I, I flew yesterday into NFT London and back. So it's been quite a rushed 24 hours. But yeah, Gen.art, me and Chris, so Chris is my co-founder. He is the brains and tech behind everything. So I'm the one that speaks and, and, and does all of the marketing and anything that's not tech related. But Chris is very much an important part of the team. And, and, and uh, yeah, both of us started Gentle Art, I think, in, I think it was August 2021. Um, and it was off the back of, obviously, I had got into crypto a little bit before that. I had got uh, stumbled somehow into um, CryptoPunks and, and really enjoyed sort of the, the notion of um, stuff being uh, stored immutably on the blockchain. And I've had a little bit of an artistic sort of um, collector's journey offline. So I, I really enjoy the artists, um, Banksy and George Kondo, and I've, I've got a couple of their pieces in, in the house. And what really piqued my interest was um, this, this sense of provenance. So having art that's immutable on the blockchain and, and 100% sort of provenance at the moment, if you go and buy a, a Picasso, you'll, you'll have to get it sort of analyzed by experts and say, yes, that's the exact sort of way his signature goes. And there's this clear lineage of auction houses and owners, but there's always that 1% chance that there's um, some expert forger that that's given you a fake, fake Picasso. So uh, on the blockchain and art that's digital and and, and giving uh, digital artworks that that ability to be owned uh, really really piqued my interest and obviously CryptoPunks were one of the sort of first communities and projects to to launch and then once you go in that rabbit hole that's your life gone basically so one thing led to another and obviously discovered generative art and discovered art blocks and and went through that whole. A journey of of every Friday, I think it was uh, every Friday evening. It was my time. I'd have a beer, and 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 uh, my wife would be making dinner, and I'd be in furiously trying to do three thousand guay guay to 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 mint a, a piece. So yeah, that was always a huge amount of fun. But at one point, I said, okay, well, if Eric was to go back, if Eric and Jeff were to go sort of back in time, um, what would they potentially have done different? Not not to put words in their mouth, but me is sort of coming from a startup world I, I couldn't think i couldn't help but sort of imagine what i would have done in that instance or how i would build upon our blocks so yeah chris and i started chris was a, a sort of a longtime friend and, and and him and i started doing a little bit of brainstorming and the one thing that i noticed was i really wanted to take time to understand an artist's story so we wanted to originally, whenever we were sort of creating um, gender art, we wanted to give people a guaranteed piece of art so they could do it on a Sunday if, if they're busy on a Friday night, or they could do it on a, a weekday evening, or they could do it over a glass of wine or whatever, the, the minting would be on their terms. So that was one of our fundamental sort of start missions to founding gender art was was giving people their own time to, to breathe and mint and, and really find out about the artist and then click the mint button. But yeah, so 
long story short is I went down the AB rabbit hole, started to think how, how I would have created an art, art platform a little bit different, how I could really foster a sense of community. And, and, and at the end, uh, at the other end was uh, we, we, we ended up creating gender art. And um, we also wanted to sort of bake in the, the best of Web3. So we, we launched it as a DAO where everybody would have a vote and, and sort of eventually Chris and I taking a step back, et cetera. And we also wanted to, yeah, really, as I said, focus on the storytelling and focus on sort of blending offline and online. So there was there was a lot of sort of unique elements that we wanted to focus in on, on our mission for our generative art platform. And yeah, it's been a whirlwind. As I said, it was maybe just over a year and boy, has it been a lot of work. Yeah, I think I've had like two or three burnouts throughout the past year. Like it's, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy roller coaster. I think we've done about 20 drops with 20 incredible artists. Um, I think overall in terms of transaction volume for, for the art pieces and memberships, we're, we're coming up on like $100 million. So yeah, it's been, been, been pretty crazy. That's, that's amazing. And before we go like too deeply into Gen. Art, I'd love <laughs> to hear what was your, your startup background like and how has that helped with being in the Web3 startup space if you will yeah well it's, it helps a measure like it's immensely helpful anybody who's sort of a builder anybody that's coming from web 2.0 or anybody that's done their own startup in the past uh, you can't help but because there's just it's so much green field there's so much opportunity if you're an innovator or somebody who thinks outside of the box like your brain just can't can't chill in this space because there's there's just so many things you want to do so my thing was okay adam get some focus and just focus in on one project and make sure that you do it well so and also surround yourself with very smart people and and that's what we did with um, gender art and through that sort of cryptopunk community we, we we kicked off with our advisor one of our two of our core advisors one was mr 703 and one was hype um, hype was helping on the tech side and, and mr 703 just from sort of his strategic vision and also silly tuna he he helped us quite a bit so these these three um Prolific collectors helped us launch, but yeah, from startup days to, to Web three, there's just so much opportunity. You, you, yeah, the, the main thing is just being able to get some focus because there's so much you could be doing. Yeah, we we definitely feel that on the collectors corner side, and there's yeah. so much information. How do you corral it? How do you package it? Or, I mean, in some ways, put it into a product for people to consume. And what's the best way to do that? And of course, there's a million things to iterate on. Always. Exactly. So as, yeah. as somebody who likes to build and make things better, it's both great and, and frustrating because it's never quite where you want it to be. But I think that's the journey. And it's awesome to hear that a lot of what you did in your past crossed over to Web3. I have one more question that is uh, may lead to a bit of a longer answer in terms of your journey prior to Gen.Art. We were talking a little bit offline about you collecting chromy squiggles and i, I know you mm-hmm. touched on <laughs> getting art box do you have any stories from those days that you uh, want to highlight yeah sure well obviously like none of us well i don't know maybe some some people had their their sort of they, they had the vision to understand where all of this could go but back last year i was just sort of buying cool stuff selling cool stuff just there sort of for the community and I, actually this morning i was just going through some of the wallets and yeah i noticed like oh because i'm now you'll, you'll see from my twitter I'm, I'm on the hunt for quite a cool sort of forever squiggle because i wanted to give a bit of a hat tip to eric and 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 Art blocks were sort of lighting my my fire for, for generative art. And way back a, a year ago or so, more than a year ago, I, I, I saw myself buying and selling squiggles at like 0.4 ETH. And I was like, oh, Adam, you should have just uh, should have just bought and held because now it's like for me to get the same piece, I have to do a, a huge outlay of sort of tens of thousands. So yeah, no, there's tons. Um, and I, But I think it was quite a cool, obviously the space has evolved a lot. And, and maybe we'll touch upon this later in, in, in the podcast in terms of like artists now come equipped with understanding the space a lot more whenever they come to gender art, just for, as an example. But back then it was sort of, nobody really knew what was happening. There was just so much new stuff every single day. And the sort of sense of community back then, it, it was a little bit different. Whereas now it's matured, people sort of find their niches, people understand why they're in this space. Back back then, I think people were just doing it for the, the fun and the creativity and, and for the hell of it. But now whenever you see that actually, whoa, we, we have ushered in or we're in the, the midst of ushering in this cool, new or amazing creative renaissance, like once in a lifetime opportunity, 
yeah, it's now a little bit more serious. And obviously, whenever stuff's a little bit more serious, you're you're, you're not as sort of um, free willed, and you're not as uh, you're you're sort of making sure that you're not making mistakes. Whereas back then, it was just like, yeah, cool, any, any anything goes. So yeah, no, a year ago, it was it was definitely an interesting time, an interesting space, just because there was so much newness, and none of us really knew what it was. Well, maybe some people did, but for me, it's evolved a bit. It's a bit more serious. There's there's all these different niche uh, areas with within uh, NFTs and artwork and, and on, online digital art. So. Yeah, no, it was it was a fascinating time. Um, and I think my wife didn't see much of me during that. <laughs> I was just constantly on my laptop. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit later than you to the to the generative art space and, and I just oftentimes think oftentimes think of man, what would it have been like to to mint a Fidenza or be there yeah. on day one for, for a squiggle? I mean, yeah. my bags are largely allocated towards a, a day zero squiggle. So Yeah, yeah. I just think it's historic and, and there's going to be something about it that that's just, you know, when, when things are minting out and today, especially like hyped PFP projects and in, in 15 minutes or less with gas wars, I just, I remember back to Moonbirds and, and imagine just having free will. And I hear the conversations about G money, like batch minting hundreds and hundreds of squiggles. It's, it's, it was just a different time. It's cool. Yeah. And some of those people, like if you had, I, I wasn't sort of, as technically minded, for sure, I can look at code and understand it and, and more technically minded than some. But if, if you understood Solidity or understood how um, blockchain contracts worked and, and understood how to batch mint, uh, like a, a key advantage was even just being able to mint from the contract back then. So, yeah, the, the opportunities back then were immense. And yeah, I remember I actually minted a, minted a couple of Fidenzas, but then... It was interesting seeing the chat happen back then because not a lot of people, and it actually, it's, it's an interesting, I've never really even took a moment to, to take pause and think about it, but back then, people didn't really go and dig into Tyler Hobbs or who was Tyler. They were just like, oh, there's this AB mint this Friday. We're going to throw a load of gas at it, get, get this mint. And it, it was because it was predominantly flippers back then. Whereas now to see people actually do take the time to go and research the artists, see what their past work is, um, see what their sort of common thread that holds all of their their, their, their various creations um, together. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing the, the mentality uh, change from, from the crazy summer days of, of, of last year to now. Do you think that, or is there any correlation, I hate to lead the witness here, but of having that observation, maybe consciously or subconsciously in the past, to, to why gen art is and approaches the market the way it does? I mean, you, I, I'm taking notes here, and, and two things that just kept popping out to me is, community and communication and it seems like you're embracing that approach yeah 100 percent. and that was because i came from this sort of traditional arts background and, and, and being sort of a small tier collector um you really want to understand the artist you want to understand what goes through their mind to how they approach the artwork like uh, I, i've got a couple of banksies and obviously he's he's a, a man of mystery but you watch enough interviews here looking at enough of his exhibitions watch his um his movie that he, he published with, with mr brainwash like you, you you start to understand the person and, and that's sort of the piece speaks to you a lot more because I have all of my artwork up around the house. And whenever I'm walking to the kitchen for a coffee in the morning, I'll walk, like I, I just recently bought a, a Lars Wander pen plotted piece that, that was via verse. And it now sits on my walk to the kitchen. And whenever I'm thinking about it, uh, whenever I'm walking down there in the morning, I'm like, it, it just gets me thinking. And it, it, I, I love that sort of physicality. Then I get thinking about it, uh, like how Lars approached that, what his specific style is. So yeah, I, I love the story of an artist hearing their voice, hearing their voice in their in my head as I walk past the piece and being able to communicate at least a little bit about their art to people that come to the house so yeah I know that this story is incredibly incredibly important and, and as you say I think um, that was one of our core genesis like one, one of our core pillars when creating gendered art and and I think that's visible through we were one of the first sort of platforms to create this um, beautiful landing page for a drop we I remember spending a, a lot of money on designers to really immerse people into that look and feel. Like I went to the extent where I wanted the page to look and feel like the artist's mind. I wanted it to be a little bit of a, a peer into how they how they approach the world. And um, through all of that storytelling, we, we also invested in like uh, videos where we would interview the artist. And none of that stuff had been done before on these art platforms. Again, just all with the mission of 
building that relationship between the collector and, and the artist because again if the collector understands about the artist and, and, and really respects them and understands their story like it's just going to be such a healthier relationship they're going to buy that piece of art they're going to hold on to it forever they're going to tell their kids about it they're going to remember that crazy journey they're going to know how they ushered in the creative renaissance like there's just no losing side to understanding the story behind an artist that's amazing and I think anyone that goes on your website could see the work and effort that you all put into that approach. It's it's quite fantastic. And I think refreshing as well in the space where there's so many things pulling at your attention, particularly in an up market. Right now, yep. it, it feels like there's still that happening and, and we're in a down market. So I'm curious, do you think that more collectors will shift towards this mindset of, let's call it quality over quantity? and really try to build that relationship and understand the artist uh, better? Or, yeah. you know, maybe another way is how do, how do we mitigate this like do- crazy dopamine rush world we're in where, you know, it's like you're snapping your head left and right. Like- For better or worse, I think it's always going to be there. And this this might seem like I'm, I'm hugely anti-flippers, et cetera. I'm not. I, I think the liquidity that they've brought to the system has, has made us uh, progress at a rate of knots quicker than had they not been. The space has matured because there's been so much capital and, and so much attention given to it. And yeah, for sure, like if you think, if you're new to the space and, and, and you're entering in now, it's actually very, very calm. People are taking the time to go and understand artists and platforms are telling their story. Uh, there, there's a lot more out there in terms of um, understanding a little bit more behind the canvas. But in an up market, like I remember on, on, on Friday afternoons, whenever it was midday on, on, on AB Created, it was just mayhem. It was crazy. Uh, whenever people would just be like, oh, free money time. Um, and that's where... so. I say that because I want to give you the context of where I was creating gender art from. Obviously, the the macro market moves, um, the whole space evolves, everything sort of changes, and and we change and evolve too. But back then, and that's why I was sort of focusing on, on story so much, that was important to us. Now, the whole market has sort of moved to saying, hey, yes, we know that we want to... We understand that it's important to tell the artist's story. So now you'll see a lot of the platforms and a lot of people and, and, and communications on Twitter, et cetera, and, and spaces, Twitter spaces. You'll see people learning about the artists now, which is good. Yeah, and, and, you know, for Collector's Corner, when we do our deep dives, that, that's part of our research is really understanding the artist. And so that point has had like a deep resonance with me personally. And it kind of, honestly, it's been one of the more fun aspects of this is, you know, I've jumped down the the snowfro wormhole here, but, <laughs> but at the same time, like we've discovered, I shouldn't, we obviously didn't discover, but digging into Matt Cain's history or mm-hmm. Matt Delorier, like it's just, you start to understand like some of the, you scratch the surface of like the psyche and some of the motivation of yeah. of each of the artists i mean it becomes intoxicating to to some yeah. degree so i i respect what you're trying to do because it's it, it i think it is an important part of the story and art in my opinion in general is, is very much an emotional form of expression and, and finding that connection is absolutely important the other thing that we sort of did to complement that, so obviously it's easy enough online to create a beautiful page that, that describes the artist, describes the artwork so that you can eventually scroll to the bottom and, and hit mint whenever you want to hit mint. Um, but we also, one of our other founding pillars, as I said, I, I really love physical art. And if, if you go back and listen, I think it was Delphi Digital with, with Tom Tom Shaughnessy. I, I did a podcast with him way back at the start and I listened to it last night just to um, see what I was talking about back then. And I still, I, I, so I say in that podcast, like I, I kicked this off with, with the goal of getting art into people's homes. I, I wanted art on walls so that it was could create discussion points, et cetera. And, and if you think actually it's really satisfying to look back and quite proud that so we created this print shop where people i think we've done over like 5000 prints shipped worldwide we do it at cost price we just want to and it's super high quality so we partnered with this um, really cool print studio that you can decide the print paper the the artist can decide the print paper the print method everything like they are they are very very good and um so yeah to complement that storytelling online uh, i wanted to get the art into um, people's homes so yeah, the print shop was sort of also a big pillar in, in our founding. And then the next pillar on was was bridging this online and offline world. So that's where we started to do the 
IRL exhibitions. So we, we, we did a gallery, I think it was a week or two weeks long in London. And then just a few months ago, we did a month-long residency in Los Angeles with Bellum LA, really, really cool gallery with beautiful screens that are made specifically for NFTs. And then the artwork just pops. So all of those things combined, you can see, as you said, these same threads keep coming up. It's community. It's, it's, um, making sure that you're telling the story it's 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 bridging out that 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 real world with the digital world and and those are what really makes um that that's what's important to us and adam as you're talking about the initiatives you've gone through to help people connect with the artists and build a, a community what have you learned works and doesn't work or perhaps what works better we don't have to talk about what what doesn't work as well it, it, Mm-hmm. Because it strikes me a lot of what we're doing in Web3, just trying to learn about this stuff. And yep. yeah, and as an innovator, as a creator, what are you seeing so far that maybe could be interesting for artists listening or other creators listening as to what is uh, a good technique? Yeah, it's, it's, as you say, it's, it's sort of... Um... It's like A/B testing. You just have to build something, test it, see if the see if it resonates with the market. That's why you'll see us doing a million things at once, and it's sort of real time. Uh, as I say, real time A/B test, see, seeing what resonates with the market and seeing what resonates with the community, and sort of doubling down on that and and discarding quickly what doesn't, because we are a very finite resource. Um, like it's just me and Chris, and we, we we've got. Mav, who was one of our early moderators, who, who's sort of now part of the team, and 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 we've just recently brought on on Julius. So, but at the core, it was it is and was only me and Chris. So we had very limited time. So we had to quickly try and a brainstorm. Hey, where do we want this to go? Throw that out to the market in terms of put that into our Discord. Hear from the community what they think of um, all of these various um, paths that we could go down. Ones that seemed like they were showing promise, we would quickly build build the bare bones sort of. Uh, framework uh, like MVP from from startup world uh, minimal viable product and build that see if it resonated if it did then yeah as I say um, double down on it and if it doesn't then quickly discard so it's just being able to sort of do that methodically and and quickly because the space moves very fast and if you're going to roll out something or if you're going to build something that's going to be a, at least a, a month or two month cycle so. Yeah, I would say something that's been very important for us over the past year has been our speed of execution, being able to listen to the community, being able to discard stuff that doesn't show promise early on, and yeah, being able to, to double down on the stuff stuff that does. So paying some attention to metrics, paying a lot of attention to the community, and empowering the community. I think in the early days, I was a little bit too... It was like my baby. I, I I wanted to make sure that it was uh, could be it grew up to be the, the the best version of itself, and 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 sort of I, I didn't fully understand the capability of the community. Like we have five thousand one hundred members from all around the world, from all sort of um, backgrounds, and and from all sort of different uh, experience levels of life. And if we had listened to them earlier, we'd probably progress. So it's it's sort of a double-edged sword because you give up speed of execution because you have to do the whole communication piece. You have to be able to form a communication piece and and, and settle upon how, how do you get to like end objective. And, and whenever you open a community door, that, that that can be quite, quite lengthy. But yeah, I think one thing would have been to really onboard the community earlier. Something that we've really enjoyed over this past few months, and it's actually quite poignant, has been we took pause on our drops um our art drops you'll you'll notice that we haven't dropped for the past uh, i think three months that was intentional because we just decided to say hey we want to build the platform and the technology behind it we built out a curation board so community driven curation board with a couple of artists on it and all of the community voted on on those um people so and and a whole bunch of other stuff that we'll we'll jump into probably later in the podcast but the one thing uh, yeah that we've been doing over the past few months is, is really been focusing in on building out listening to the community getting these working groups together and it's crazy like all of these we have these amazing community calls every sunday where everyone has a lot of other better stuff that they could be doing or should be doing but we still jump on the discord and we just nerd out and, and chat about hey how do we how do we progress gender art and how do we get the best art into uh, collector's hands so yeah it's it's been been a fascinating so super long answer but uh, hopefully hopefully i answered your question you give some it, i think you did a, a brilliant job of answering the question i and, and i appreciate all the detail and i know our listenership will will love the the insight into to what the mindset is it, it's admirable that uh, you guys are trying to find the balance between speed of execution and community i think it's a hard balance and and it's ne- there's never a locked in recipe so to speak but one of the points that i'm really fascinated with because is your is and if, i'd love to 
scratch this itch a little bit more, but is mm. your, your reference to curation board and, and the artist selection. I mean, I've been scrolling yeah. through the the list of artists on here and, and it's it's really impressive. Do you mind doing a little bit deeper dive into that? Because, you know, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, each platform has a, a different approach. So I'd love for the, the listenership to understand how you guys approach the selection and, and, and what qualifies as a, yeah the right platform or excuse the right artist for for your platform yeah sure so way back at the start and actually i have to give a massive thanks to um alexander rebin so he was one of our first artists and he's still with us to this day he he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes in terms of our relationships with galleries our um, relationships with sort of press within the art world and and all of our irl galleries so we're, we're going to have an exhibition in tokyo i think at the beginning of next year and the one that was in LA, a lot of that was was Alex driving it. So um, I, I don't know, actually, I need to ask him how we stumbled upon one another. But somehow we found one another and I said, hey, Alex, we're just about to launch this platform and do you want to come on board and do a drop with us? And he and we were sort of building up the marketing comms, et cetera. So we did a couple of airdrops. And one of those airdrops was was art by, by Alex Rebin, I think called, called Kleins. So back then it was sort of, um, I was just, trying to find cool artists that really understood the space that were sort of OGs that, that were in it for the right reasons, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Alex fit the bill hundred percent and, and even more. So that was like the, somehow we lucked out with the, the perfect launch partner in terms of art from Alex and, and his clients. Then we stumbled upon this really cool duo that did um, cesium um, with, I'm sure you can see it. I, I, I remember I called it our own sort of chromey squiggle because with so many sort of vivid colors, Orkan and Okan. And that on our first call, that, that was always, uh, imagine that this duo that are in different parts of the world and they're called Orkan and Okan. And uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mixed them up a, a whole bunch. And one was an incredible tattoo artist, like very famous and has like a six month waiting list for, for these like fine line tattoos. And I think back then we were just really, or as Chris was building out the technology, this was sort of predominantly me. I was just trying to find artists that brought cool diversity. So you you had Alex at the start with his uh, really sort of nerding out on the AI side of things. He had built all of these. He was just like a tinkerer. He 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 just that you could tell that he was a creative coder and, and somebody that really wanted to, to build a relationship with him, the technology, and the audience. And it, yeah, as I said, we, we couldn't have looked out for, for, for a better person. Then bring in this cool duo who make the every photo that our, we, we had a professional photographer, every photo that was taken, uh, they just looked like really cool guys. You just sort of want to hang out and grab a beer with them. Then next we had uh, Leah, uh, who was our first artist that was sort of our first drop that wasn't an airdrop. And I, I, I think I got a little bit of heat online because people were there was just so much hype back then. People were like, oh, we need Damien Hurst or we need blue chip artist XYZ. And I really wanted to just take pause and be like, hey, actually, we're going to go out with, I think uh, I think her age back then was a 14-year-old girl from India who has taken it upon herself to understand coding, understand generative art. And, and we really wanted to, to put a focus on sort of to show people what, what could be accomplished. And um, yeah, it was phenomenal to see her her drop go out and her life change. And she was just so well-spoken and, and sort of be a beacon for all of these young females who potentially with, within this sort of, it's usually male-orientated, et cetera, that they could use her as, as, a, as a figure. And, and because she could speak so well, it was, it was really, 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 really amazing. So I think to answer your question succinctly, back then I was just looking for diversity. So that's like three artists that are completely different as our first sort of three people that we went out with. Um, as time progressed, we obviously understood, started to, to pay attention to, to, to sort of what the audience and what the community wanted, what, what art was being recognized and what styles were being recognized. You sort of, you can see this if you take a little bit of a step back in the generative art world, you can sort of see these styles and influences ebb and flow. You can see some cool parts, like if a drop does really, really well and people talk about a specific part of it, you'll see other artists sort of uh, borrowing and experimenting, starting to sort of mold and meld that into their artwork. So one artist uh, um, who, who was very pivotal for us was uh, Rich Poole. We discovered him, this uh, amazing coder, and he, he lives down in New Zealand. So it was always difficult because it was like the complete opposite time of day. It would be my morning or his evening or his evening and my morning. And um, he's just so like so just a, a full package in terms of understanding all of the Mac is a really good example of an artist who came to the, the space prepared in terms of understanding 
the, the market, understanding what the audience wanted and just being an incredible coder and incredible talent. And he, he was the first one to, to really know how to punish our servers. And so, yeah, discovering Rich was, was really, really cool. And then sort of where I wanted to, to end up on this little bit of this little segment would, would be that actually we wanted to put it in the community's hands. It was always sort of our goal to have a curation board because I shouldn't be sort of thinking about, oh, what's, 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 who's good and who's not good. And it wasn't even actually ever who was good or not good. It was just me trying to balance calendars. It was me trying to balance all of these different diversity uh, in terms of um, styles and, 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 and approaches to making art and, and something just to keep our members always guessing so that it wasn't sort of too stagnant or too static or you, you oh, that's a, that, that piece is 100% from gender art because they always go, sort of go for that style. I always wanted to keep it new and fresh. But yeah, as I said, nowadays we, we've got creation board of which I'm just one vote. I think it's either eight or 10 people. And um, within there, we've got Alex Rebin, we've got uh, Rich Poole, we, we, we've got Kelly Milligan, we've got a, a few really big collectors as well. So yeah, it's been fascinating uh, over the past few months to see the the devotion and and, and, and the, the, the skill that these guys have in terms of the, the curation board, jumping into a piece of art, having that dialogue with an artist, pushing them a little bit sort of to get beyond their, their comfort zone. And, and yeah, as a result, we've now got like, I think maybe 10 to 15 really amazing artists lined up for, for the, the next little while in, in, in gen.art. So yeah, sorry if I riffed on a bit there, but hopefully, hopefully no, I, I answered your question. I love this. And I love the diversity that you're, you're bringing into it. I mean, just the story and you're talking about Leia being a 14 year old artist from India and, and being given the platform to, to really not only have her own artistic expression, but, you know, almost be and hopefully turn into the beacon for inspiration for others. I mean, it's a really great story. And I've just been scrolling through all of the artists and reading their stories and and finding that diversity amongst, we'll call it maybe more established people who bring eyes to the the platform and and then really being platform to advocate for for others and their growth. That's really admirable. And I I appreciate you sharing that story. it's a perfect transition, in my opinion, into kind of the mechanics of where Gen Art, Gen Dot Art is today. Meaning, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you guys are a, you have a, a token, a yep. DAO, and then there's yep. obviously the curation panel. Do you mind just taking a step back and, and shedding light on the current state of mechanics? And knowing full well this is Web three, so it will probably change by the time somebody listens. Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. Uh, people that are coming to this from like whenever, if anyone's averse to change, um, yeah, it's, it's not your space because if, if you do something like some people, you can tell in, in Discord that whenever stuff moves fast, they're like super angry, like oh, why didn't you do this? Or you said you were going to do this, and it's just like, well, the space is just moving. We could continue to do that, but it would maybe be wasted time. So yeah, in terms of taking a step back, it's actually a really, as I said, we, we, we've taken the past three months to sort of take pause and re-strategize and sort of regroup and think, hey, where, where are we going over this next year? And, and obviously get the, the community um, more and more involved so that Chris and I aren't, aren't just sort of, uh, there's, there's no sort of key person risk. And yeah, so we're, we, we've obviously got our sort of bread and butter, which is launching artists. And, and you could sort of uh, maybe equate that to our curated element where we curate an artist we launch um sort of uh, one of one of many generative art ai art and 3d art the a the generative art is 100 on chain the ai art and the 3d art is ipfs similar to the likes of braindrops etc so we've got this core launch platform which does one of one of many typically anywhere between 300 and a thousand pieces of art and we do that at the moment i think our cadence is going to be once per month and you have to be a member to Mint, but one of our so over the past uh, year, uh, we you, you've had to be a member, and you could only be a member. Otherwise, you have to purchase a, a piece of art on secondary. But what we're going to be doing for our kickoff uh, drop, which is on the twenty first of November, with an amazing artist called Mutsu, um, is public mint after X hours. So I think we've settled in on twelve hours. So our members have. And this is uh, an example of us learning from like way back in the day, us doing the membership model was was quite cool, quite innovative. It, it helped you get a little bit of a breath of fresh air. It helped you build your community. But one thing that we've learned from other platforms and other people that are launching in this space is actually, yeah, you want to you want to have that little bit of openness to to keep that um, uh, trajectory and the drive and, and the momentum of, of, of a drop and, and, and welcome people into the community a little bit more. Whereas if you just have your gates up, it's, it's maybe a little bit too gated. 
So yeah, we're going to have public minting. So we've got our curation part where we're doing a drop once per month. It's going to be, uh, it's up to the artist, but on this one, it, it opens up to the public after a little while. And then in terms of the overall platform, yes, we've, we've got this um, GenArt token, which is a governance token. So for people that want to be a little bit more involved, there may be builders at heart that maybe want to be part of um, sort of the, the, the core team. You've basically got a, a GenArt governance token to vote. So if you jump on the snapshot, you'll be able to see all of the various GIPs, so our GenArt uh, improvement proposals. Anyone is welcome to pull together one of these. And we're actually getting a great momentum now. There's a lot that needs to, so we always use nouns as sort of our best in class to try and replicate some of what they've done. But yeah, from the outside, uh, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be aligned and a lot of stuff that needs to be in place for you to be able to have a sort of sufficiently working governance structure. Now we've we've got to the place where we have all of those pieces in place where people can then have a bit of a discussion. If there's a group that rallies behind something, they put together a JIP, we throw it up on Snapshot, then everybody votes on it, then we can potentially, uh, then then we either sort of go ahead with it or maybe it's voted against or whatever. So yeah, we've got the curation core part, which is the art. Then we've got the, the, the gen art governance token, which is sort of steering the ship. And then something that we're just about to launch. And then we've also got the print shop where you can print art. And then we've, we're also working on a self-serve platform. So it's always been on our to-do list. Um, and in the past, whenever gas was super high, it didn't really make sense because uh, artists maybe didn't want to take the risk or uh, it is prohibitively expensive to put a script on, on the blockchain. is like two to $3,000. But now that gas has come down, it's a little bit cheaper. And those that do want to be able to sort of bring their own crowd or work on their own time or, or, or just basically like to be sort of a little bit more self-sufficient and, and maybe want to put something live at 2 a.m. or they don't want to go through the whole rigmarole of, of us having to do like we we do a lot of podcasts we do a lot of video work like we do a lot of investment in terms of telling that story of the artist maybe they're maybe they don't want to do that maybe they're introverted and they, they just want to get some art out there so another big thing that we're working on at the moment is this self-serve platform on eth and potentially on on an l2 so yeah that, that's sort of our ecosystem as it stands at the moment we're also working on this sort of smaller editions and works on paper i think P, you and I were talking about this offline a little bit. This is sort of for the the, the ten the, the artists that are launching pieces that are ten to twenty ten to twenty piece collections, where it's sort of this more white glove Sotheby's Christie's feel, where it's just about trying to find these. I see various pockets of people, and I want to try our best to accommodate them without getting sort of spread too thin and losing our core vision. So, if you think about it, we've we've got our curated, where we've got our curation board, and that's our bread and butter, and that's that's where the members come and they have early access, and then it opens to public. Then we've got our self-serve. If you're just like, hey, I want to put up some art and I don't really care what happens and I'll tweet out the link and give it to my friends. And I think the next Picasso could potentially be discovered there. And then also you've got the white glove service where you've got this really beautiful framing, really beautiful printing, very small editions, very um, like hand signed. So those are sort of the, the three things that are that are floating around in our ecosystem that, that we want to, 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 that we are pushing out over the next little while. And for clarity, you have the it's the Gen Dot Art membership token. Uh, you can find it on OpenSea, correct? That's the yeah. It's, so yeah, to, to become a member, just type in Gen Dot Art on in OpenSea, and, and, and you'll you should stumble, you'll find us. It's this little card that rotates, and within that, then you can go and verify in Discord, and we've got all of these different channels. But yeah, to be able to mint a piece of art going forward within those first twelve hours, you'll you'll need that membership pass. Whereas in the past, you could only mint if you had that membership pass. But now we're going to open up the the gates, if, if our core membership crew of 5,100 people don't mint out a drop, then it opens up to the public and allows people in. And for the listenership, there's a pretty attractive price point right now of about 0.1 ETH to, to get in. I, I think it's a, I mean, it's a banging deal from everything I'm hearing. And <laughs> the, one of the mechanics I'm trying to understand is I'm looking at uh, mints anywhere from 200 to 5,000. Mm-hmm. How do you prioritize membership uh, if there's 5,000 passes and only 300 mints. Yeah, and this has been such an interesting... I, I wish there was somebody much smarter than, than me and the team that could have sort of done a deep dive analysis on this because, yeah, it's sort of how do you make room for growth? How do you have a big enough community where it's thriving? How do you have a community where people can sort of come and go as they please? And then also how do you bake into that uh, positive sort of positive tailwinds to give a drop the best sort of conditions to let it thrive and succeed and be the best version of itself. So there's all of these very important competing dynamics that are sort of 
multi-dimensional and at the end of the, it's it's sort of through trial and error and, and and sort of paying attention to the results that we've been able to pivot and at the moment sort of to, to give you a bit of a pulse and, and you have to also take into account the macro conditions you have to take into account the art and whether or not it's a very niche or whether it's sort of going to be wide, widely uh, sought after um we yeah as you say we've got 5100 memberships we've seen a a, a really sort of nice sweet spot of between 300 and 500 pieces for for the long form generative and i think that's i think the the upcoming mutual drop with moods to we we've settled in on 300 and we basically just this one uh we we think it's a bit special it's um beautiful 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 art a really wonderful story and it's obviously our comeback um, in terms of uh, we've, we've been away for three months building and building. We want to come back with a little bit of a bang. So we want to build and want to in- induce a little bit of a FOMO element. And we're pretty certain like our membership are pretty keen on this. But still, we want to show people that, hey, there is this potential for public. So I think we'll maybe maybe see 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, um, maybe open up into public. That, that would be ideal because then we get to illustrate the whole thing working together. But yeah, to answer your question, the 5,100 memberships and how do you settle in? When I said at the start, like we, we, I opened this up where I wanted people to be able to take their time and have a glass of wine and mint something after they listen to a podcast. It didn't need to be somewhere because don't forget, not everyone's in one time zone. So thankfully, Art Blocks, it, it worked out that it was sort of like 5 or 6 p.m. for me in the evening. So I could have my beer and mint, but somebody over in Japan or somebody uh, in, in Dubai or whatever, like they're they're having to, to impact their schedule. So way back then, I, I, I thought I wanted to make it available to anyone to mint at any time. But then that's a direct conflict to inducing those tailwinds in terms of secondary and FOMO and and sort of the dynamics that people are used to. And if you don't give those dynamics that people are used to, they're like, oh, well, what, what, what's this? This drop isn't anything special or, or, or this maybe this platform doesn't have the pool that you think it does or like the, the, the platform doesn't have the pool that, that potentially Artblocks does. So whenever, so it's sort of balancing those, those pros and cons. So if you open it up to 5,100 people, it's not going to be a rush to mint. So then potentially not as much cool art gets discovered. But people do have all of the time in the world and they can discover the, the, the story, et cetera. Whereas if you have it the complete other side, uh, I remember we had Fjall where it minted out in like 20 seconds, a thousand piece long form um, by, by Tangle. And then also more recently closer by, by Dan Zucco or 3D Drop, it was a hundred pieces. And sold out in a second um so yeah it's, it's always interesting trying to balance those things there's, there's no perfect answer and, and some people will be a little bit grumpy sometimes that, that potentially they missed out but i guess next time we'll come back um a little bit more ready and a little bit more so it's trying to find that perfect balance not not hugely like wow what just happened whirlwind ab summer 2021 but a little bit of a balance in between yeah absolutely and i think that makes a lot of sense and we see this model in other places with members and there's just a lot of things you have to balance. Maybe the artist wants to do a hundred piece drop. Exactly. Case, yes. what, what 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 can you do? Yeah, and, yeah, and speaking yeah. of balance, this is one that I'm curious how y- you all are tackling. You have a, a DAO structure, but you still have your centralized team. How do you split up the types of things, or how do you think about what the DAO should vote on versus what the central team should go ahead and manage? And and by the way, I think this is the right structure, especially early on, where you do need to be nimble at times. But I'm just curious how you're towing the those forces there yeah and it sort of happened organically like we didn't have a clue how it would settle or how it would uh, evolve and what what the perfect operational structure would be and 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 yeah you're right in the early days having chris and i just sort of call the shots and 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 move quickly and break things and and then eventually find niches and products that worked for us but as time progressed we started to understand how we could pull various members of the community in so for instance there's like few pillars that, that drives any org it's it's like okay marketing operations all of this all of these core pillars and, and we just started to form these working groups around these various pillars so like people that really enjoy communications and, and marketing we created a group for them um, people that really enjoy discovering artists and talking to artists and and, and so on and so forth we, we created a group for them people that are good at operations and enjoy sort of irl stuff they're the ones that help build out the the all of the IRL exhibitions, et cetera. So it was just basically finding these uh, core pillars that are within any org and, and, and then opening up to the community to say, hey, do you want to lead this? Um, do you want to drive it forward? And actually then just recently, you, you'll see if you jump onto our snapshot um, as we've been coming, as we've matured and now we're at a place where, where the community really can get their hands dirty and really can deliver 
value and, and build stuff in our um, within our ecosystem, you'll see that we've got our uh, sort of recalibrating or reconfirming our mission, vision, and values. Just because you want to have that north star to aim for. So, a do do do, do people align with what Gen.Art is, what our mission is, what our vision is, what our values are. If, if you do, great, cool. Now you can get into a position where you can potentially need a working group or work with a working group um, to help hit some OKRs and KP, KPIs. So we effectively, um, Chris, uh, the, the whole community, we, we sort of vote on these OKRs or these short-term uh, quarterly goals and both longer annual goals. And then that sort of trickles down into our working groups where they, um, some marketing genius will set their goals that will help the, the overall um, ecosystem hit, hit, hit the goals. So yeah, so infusing quite a bit of like startup methodology in there and then just finding where the community is best uh, placed. And then, yeah, the, the whole thing at the moment is just communication. Whenever there's a lot of people involved, it's very easy to fall out of the loop. And, and the, the agenda art of last week is very different to the agenda art of this week. And how do you catch those people that have maybe been away on holiday or just been away from keyboard for, for a week? How do you make it as easy as possible to re-engage in the community, see what has changed and see where we're going? That, that's Because if you don't do that, you're going to sacrifice on speed a lot because people are going to be confused. They're going to be because there's so many moving pieces and then it just all hell breaks loose and you might as well have just stayed a sort of small, nimble, non-community driven platform. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you and I talked a little bit about this offline. I think there are certainly a lot of benefits to having this community, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of the expertise, probably just hearing about things that you, you couldn't otherwise as a small team, sort of crowdsourcing mm-hmm. info, if you will. But there's, you know, it's it's a tool. Community is a tool, and it should be utilized when the time is is right. And uh, for us at Collectors Corner, we it's just not quite yet the time for us to go and have a Discord and a membership and all that. But it's certainly something that we think yep. about. And it's I'm glad to hear that you have been very thoughtful about both uh, building that community and then also how you are incorporating them into your operations in a way that that can make sense. And I, I want to switch gears a little bit because because we are gonna get close to time i'm ashamed how fast this is going by again every time we talk but the future of gen art huge topic you have a really really interesting position as being a leader in the space and thinking about what could be done experimenting you've alluded to a lot of the different things that you are doing structurally in your platform whether that's Mm -hmm. uh, creating different outlets long form drops versus people you know curation boards versus not uh, which I love, by the way. I, I love that. Uh, in my mind, I think of it as the FX hash model, but having that yep. on Ethereum, it's just going to lead to some interesting stuff. So, but anyways, not to get on tangent. Uh, <laughs> what, what else do you see coming up? Like, where do you see seeing the trends that you've now seen and been privy to? Where do you <laughs> see this evolving over the next, let's call it, three to five years? Uh, in in any way you want to answer that question, and I, particularly anything that you think is unexpected, where you all, almost had like this aha moment, of, ah, this is how it's going to be. If there's anything like that, but just yeah, anything that comes to mind. Yeah, uh, I guess the, the the to start off with the expected, we we fully understood that we were early and that the space was going to get more crowded. And uh, in terms of people creating platforms, people finding niches, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you can see that. You can see all of these different communities rallying around all of these different missions. So people that are sort of doing the IRL minting, people that are doing the, the, the self-serve, people that are really focusing in on curation. So we always knew that space was going to have more and more people coming to it. One of the interesting dynamics, and I'm probably not smart enough or, or, or haven't thought through methodically enough, or every time I do, I, I, I sort of start contradicting myself, is, is how the artists approach this space. So artists are sort of the lifeblood of, of everything we do. They're the ones that create this wonderful artwork, and, and we're all here to listen to their story. And um, I, I, myself, I can see artists, obviously, there's, there's sort of this risk. Artists that come with, that, that are sort of more community that have more skill set around building a community around their artwork, or maybe they come with a community, maybe they're already sort of a famous artist that, that's entering the space. I think those um, guys and girls have um, a lot of opportunity because they sort of get to dictate or, or paint their own path or, or, or decide where they want to go. So I think you'll see it with Manifold. Um, it's very interesting what they're doing. Um, there's this other company called, I think it's like Verse or something, where basically artists craft everything. So people that have the technical ability, understand their marketing, have the community, 
they basically do their whole one-stop shop and they produce their own artwork. And I think there are going to be a few artists that have that capability and that desire to do that. But then I think there's also going to be a want and a need for both artists and collectors to feel part of a community. And that's sort of what Genda Art is trying to um, sort of satisfy, having this deep niche of people where you can come in and just feel uh, welcome and, and also have everything taken care of from, from you. You'll, you'll see um, our artist intro PDF. There's there's this um, slide where it's like Gen Art provides and it's all this big long list. And on the other side, artist provides and it's just art. Like we want to take all of the hassle out of everything for the artist and have leave them to be focused. Like they're usually crazy, intelligent, crazy, like uh, mad geniuses. And, and we want to leave them to be the mad geniuses. We don't want them to be thinking about, oh, how do I... Um, get cameraman to record my interview to help tell my story about this uh, piece of art. Uh, we want to take care of that. So in terms of how this space is going to evolve, I think there, there's definitely going to be a continuation of, of platforms that sort of find their own niches in, in terms of what they provide to the people that find, like seek them out. I think there's going to be um, artists that, that come um, wanting to do their own thing and want to sort of control the experience from start to finish and, and sort of do that, that, uh, but that that is hard and, and it does take a lot of skill, but there are artists out there that can do it. Then there's going to be the people that do the self-serve. That's why we want to, to sort of get ahead and, and and give people that Ethereum self-serve platform where you can start to, all you have to do is click on, put your script up and and, and there'll, there'll be some sort of sense check to, to make sure it's not, not plagiarized code, et cetera. But yeah, we wanted to give people this, this easy FX hash experience on, on Ethereum. And then we also want there will always be the the, the behemoth of, of uh, AB push, pushing pushing the space forward in terms of getting. I, I see AB as being the best megaphone for us because they they've got the best headlines. It gets somebody off the street to to pique their interest of what generative art is. And then once you understand what generative art is, you you go and um, find a community that speaks to you. Um, and and hopefully then gender art becomes becomes one of those. But um, yeah. A bit of a meandering journey there, but I, I think hopefully you can see some some of the things that I'm, I'm paying attention to. I'm I personally am excited to 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 follow the path and and see what unfolds. I mean, just even that uh, that reference to the ETH version of FX Hash in being uh, an ability an open platform, it, it feels like it's a, a fun way for the introduction to uh, new artists. I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, just recently on, on Right Click Save As, um, Art Gnome, or I, I don't know um, which which editor did it uh, in that team, but Matt Kane, you mentioned uh, about before, who, who created Gazers, he's actually either created or invested in this platform called The Platform, and I think it's theplatform.studio, and they have this really interesting angle where you've got an artist that has this end piece of art, but it obviously goes a lot deeper than that. There's maybe multiple people involved in the creation, or maybe there were multiple versions of the art, or maybe there was a piece of text that that um, was a source of inspiration. And what's really interesting about these guys is they're bringing together all of those. Imagine uh, the end piece of art is, is a JPEG, and 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 the the layer beneath is this folder that that came together to create that JPEG. They they want to surface up that folder of inspirational material, co-artists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, so that whenever you have this piece of art, you get all of the context that comes with it. So you, you potentially get the news clippings, you potentially get, you, you get to understand that piece of art as it was in that, frozen in that moment of time. And so I think there's really, really cool stuff that we haven't even, uh, can't even forecast or think about. And that was just one recent example of, of something that caught my attention. I was like, wow, actually, that's, that's such a good idea. Yeah. So, yeah. Some, some really cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know, Jared, you have a question. I just wanted to to make one comment before that. Matt Kane, it doesn't surprise me that he invested in this, given what you were saying about the snapshot in time and, and the way that his, his Gazer's project is set yeah. up. And, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, one hypothesis that I have that you, you and I were talking about off uh, off recording was, I think that as time goes on, these artists will start becoming like their own little mini community leaders yep. and they already are to some extent yep. and matt kane makes me think of that tyler hobbs has his own discord for example and matt kane just does it really really well and uh, this is a shameless plug for collector's corner you and i were talking <laughs> about this i mean i think about this a lot because i'm fascinated by the power of web3 and nfts and i think it has a lot to do with this community building whether you're an artist or a doctor or whatever i think eventually that is where things are headed and you, Gen.Art, have this awesome membership, and you guys are expanding that with some of the changes you're making to your platform. I think it's fantastic. I think that 
artists as well in that long list of things that Gen.Art can help out with while they focus on the art is is sort of this post-launch community building process mm-hmm. that you yourselves are learning through your actions in Gen Art. We are learning through Collector's Corner. And I think it's an interesting journey to be on. So my shameless plug is we would, of course, love to help you guys and any artists in figuring out, well, how do you set up that community? What are the little tips and tricks and techniques you can do? But that's one place we see things going uh, in, the, in the future. And I'll see if you have any reaction to that. And then, Jared, I, I know you wanted to ask something. So thanks for letting me interrupt there. 100%. It all comes back to, and what you just described is sort of a follow on to the storytelling. You learn about an artist, understand how they approach artwork, get intrigued by their artwork, uh, end up wanting to acquire a piece of their artwork. And then you want to follow on and build up a friendship potentially with that artist and follow them through their career. And I think we've seen it. The people that were a little bit more um, aware of this over this past year, um, like the community builders, as you say, like the Tylers and the, the Matt Keynes, those are the guys that, um, that, that that's why there's such a hustle and bustle around various pieces of that. You, you need that community. And it is essentially just about storytelling because you're bringing together people that are all interested in your art. And you're obviously going, you share this common interest and you'll just find yourself gravitating towards Discord because, or gravitating to wherever that community is because you get to chat about stuff you like to chat about. And it takes you away from the hustle and bustle of life and the pressures of life. And you get that little bit of escapism. So community storytelling, it's, it's, it's so, so, so important. And as you say, it's so, so important to art. And why I think we're going through this amazing creative renaissance once in a lifetime is because we've now got all of these really cool tools to layer on top of that. Well, I'm going to do a, a 180 pivot here, if you don't mind, since we're approaching the, the game clock expiration. You're doing so much stuff and, and really persistently pushing that proverbial rock up the hill and, and in a space that is ever-changing. You referenced burnout earlier. And I guess yep, my yep. question, I, so one, I appreciate the vulnerability. I think that that was a it was a it was a data point, but for our listeners, because ourself included, right? Like I just launched a fund on Tuesday. P is, is growing Collector's Corner and putting you know all of his time and attention into this. You know, do you have any sort of advice for some for for any listeners who are very ambitious and, and willing to to take on that same uh, metaphoric rock up a hill? Like, what advice would you have uh, so that way? All of us don't have to do the same thing. I'm super glad you asked because, yeah, it has. And it wasn't just me, Chris as well. Like this space is unforgiving. Um, Like I was a high performer in terms of um, doing a Web 2 startup, but going Web 3, like as soon as you open your Discord doors, um, you're obviously like a proud parent and you want your um, thing that you're building to do well. And when you're in bed and you're on your phone and you finally put it away and you hear that one buzz just as you close your eyes and it's somebody asking a question, you, you as a founder, you, you, you can't help but pick up the phone and answer it. And yeah, much to my, like I've, I've done a lot of learning and I, I've done a lot of learning coming from having had a very, like not being a stranger to, to hard work in terms of building, building startups. So somebody that's coming to this just fresh, fresh, yeah, just make sure to pace yourself, make sure to, 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 to pay attention to, to mental health, make sure to switch off, make sure to, yeah, the, the term online is go, go touch some grass because um, the space is unforgiving. There's always going to be something to do. There's always going to be, and there's always going to be somebody grumpy at you. There's, there's going to be um, somebody behind a keyboard that's anonymous. That's just shouting abuse at you because you're not doing the right thing or not doing what they're doing. Or maybe you're in a down market and and, and um, they hold you responsible for losing cash or whatever. Um, just uh, take it with a grain of salt and just always remember why you're here, what, what your passion is. Um, take some time away because even like I love art, I love technology. And it got to the stage where my wife couldn't even say the words gender art to me without me sort of like shivering a bit. Um, like you need to get away from the even if it is a core passion, do spend a little bit of time away and, and, and have a lot of balance, get, get sleep, eat right, do fitness. Yeah, but it's, um, it's a very, very, very important topic. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Uh, as, as P's noted a lot of times, I, I have pretty hard boundaries about uh, being present with family. I have two little boys. Yep. So finding yeah. that balance between passion and uh, you know, your personal, the, the things that fill you up, you know, it, 
that's a great advice. I appreciate you for sharing that. But and also, I should just to start to finish on it, on it, like the highs that you can get are, are incredible. Whenever you build something, or or, or like the the day we launched Leia's art, I was so happy. Like the the, the highs are, are unimaginable. But to equal that out, there, there's also some lows. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think this is super important for anything that you are trying to do. I have a saying that I tell to myself: is you, you need to lay. The, the broader your foundation, the higher your peak, which means you got to take the time to exercise and eat. Because if you don't, eventually one of those things breaks and you will be yeah. forced to stop. Yeah, and you'll, you'll get sick or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And to some extent, this is also time to degen. I mean, let, let, let's be real. This was the, the last thing I wanted to ask you is uh, when I say degen, I don't mean it in the derogatory way. I think it's like, oh, I really like something. I, I want to go and buy it yeah. and go on the hunt, which we all enjoy. What are you collecting these days to bring it back as you a collector? What, what's got your eye? You mentioned squiggles, but what else is? We're recording this on a Friday tonight. We've, we've got that bright moment, I think, finger code. Um, so I've got a pass for it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what, what I get on that front. Been a bit of a collector. Uh, yeah, I've been, been going pretty hard this recently. So I'm doing um, Lars Wander. So he just did a, a thing with Verse, some really beautiful art. Uh, Kubibi, um, a Japanese artist, um, amazing pieces. So I've, I've actually got one just behind me now. Andrew Strauss. So I'm very much the art that I collect is and and, and want and, and sort of degen over is is at the moment is, is stuff that I want to put up in in my home and and that stuff sort of usually lends itself um, to to sort of pen pen plotter ish sort of art. Although we do have a couple of um, Samsung frames around, but I still have to sort of figure out how to to get the art to display well on there. And then, yeah, just, just to finish, yeah, I wanted a bit of a hat tip to, to Eric and, and Art Blocks, and I wanted to go and get a, a forever squiggle. So at the moment, I'm, I'm, I've got like 10 DMs open trying to, it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like trying to get the hot property to try and find the, the, the forever because they're obviously, I wanted one just as they hit all time highs, like you couldn't write this stuff. Um, so they're, they're obviously pretty hot at the moment. So wouldn't have as much pickings as as you would typically have. So yeah, if you notice on my on my Twitter, I've actually got my little notion, my little notion guy, my little uh, avatar that you'll, you'll you'll get to know me by on him at the moment. I've got um, a little squiggle <laughs> as I'm on my squiggle journey. So I've just added a little squiggle to his hat. <laughs> That's amazing. It sounds like a lot of Tezos art that has your eye these days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, I've, I, I just recently also picked up uh, a Zankam piece. Um, yeah, I'll I'll jump into um, Tezos probably probably once once a day. And I was actually saying to you, like from from a collector standpoint, and also from from a return on investment standpoint, if, if that's sort of one of the metrics you're looking at. The good thing about Tezos is an FX. I, I sort of jump in, buy the pieces I like, and then forget about them. So they're just always. Whereas in in my Ethereum wallet. If I'm just like browsing OpenSea, I'll see what I've got, and 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 I'll be like, oh, that that's actually taking off at the moment. Should should I offload a couple of pieces? And so my yeah, I I, I like the fact that I forget about my 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 Tez Tez wallet. And there's just so many incredible artists in there. Like I yeah, it, it, it's bad. It, it turns out to be an expensive rabbit hole every time I I open up that that tab. I'll share what my my own personal collecting ethos here, so you don't have a point three ETH squiggle yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I personally try to mint one and then buy two in the secondary. And I usually buy one that would be like my forever piece that I'm just absolutely like adorned with like two. And, and I usually try to find one to to flip in order to cover my costs. Most of the smart people I chat to, that that's the way to go. You get like two or three, get one to potentially cover cost basis. And then, and then you're so much more chilled about your, your forever piece and, and, and the play piece. Yeah, it's a. I I I've heard so many stories about this uh, that you that are congruent to your point three squiggle ETH uh, purchases and, and regretting it. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. how do we not get there? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you, guys. It's been been really fun. Yeah, it, it's been amazing. Where can everybody find you and Gen Art? Yeah, so well, thankfully, uh, back uh, we 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 picked a pretty memorable uh, brand in terms of just Gen Art. So if you want to hear more about the platform, just in your uh, URL browser, just go Gen G E N dot Art. And then for for me, just I guess find me on Twitter. It's just Notion underscore Adam. And I'm sure, as you say, it's going to be down below in, in some show notes. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I should be easy enough to find. And would love to. Uh, my, my my door is always open. Always keen to chat with people if you want to get involved somehow yeah just just reach out and, and say hello 
or if someone has a nice squiggle that they're looking to to offload. Yeah, or if you've got a good squiggle, yeah. <laughs> Love that as well. Well, hey, thanks again, my friend. Uh, I know it's getting late for you over there. We are at collectors underscore XYZ. So we really appreciate everybody tuning in. Definitely check out Agenda Art. A lot of awesome stuff going on there in the future, as Adam mentioned. And there's actually a, a lot of pieces there that are extremely, extremely uh, in low in price point, uh, undervalued, I might say, although who, who knows what happens in the future, but low price points. And as we stress here, if you get in at a low price point, and as you just mentioned, it, it's just a lot easier to hold and, and not get stressed about it. So yeah, check it out. We'll link to everything. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.